Hello, and welcome to the Learning to See podcast. I'm Jen Allred, your host, and today I get to introduce you to my friend, Amaris Grappa, artist, art teacher, and prayer warrior. Listen along to hear how making art has enhanced her prayer time and deepened her relationship with God. In the show notes, you'll find a few ways to connect with her, but to get all the bonus content, glimpses of her art, and our full discussion, jump on over to Patreon and join our Learning to See Studio membership. Make sure to join at the Digging Deeper Together level to get the full write-ups from conversations with artists, art therapists, and art ministers like Amos. Well, without further ado, I'm really glad you're here. Let's get started and learn to see together. Well, hey, Amaris. Nice to see you. Today, you said you're going to share a little bit about visual art and prayer. Really excited about that. Yay! I'm excited too. For those who don't know you, can you introduce yourself a little bit? My connection to why we're talking today, I guess my expertise in those areas is I'm a 712 art teacher and I am someone who believes God loves me and wants to listen to what I have to share and somehow takes what I have to share and uses it to carry out his will. So while he can do anything he wants, he chooses to need me in the process, though that might have a few theological gaps. I think it's something along those lines. On the side, I am a professional photographer and I do fine art commissions. My favorite medium is probably pencil, though more and more I am leaning towards chalk pastel. Oh, those are nice. Yeah. So do you like the (laughs) pencils or the like blocks, the sticks? I am super excited. I just got a new set of soft pastels. So more of the sticks. And then you teach seven to 12th grade art, you said? Yeah, so I enjoy that because the kids will be working on their different stuff and I'll see like an idea and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is a good idea. That's nice. You know, it's a good reminder. I was just talking with somebody about teens the other day of of how they really do need support and how great that you can be an art teacher in with them. You don't have to be a therapist. You don't have to be a parent. You don't have to be an aunt. Or you can be a bright spot and have fun with them and support them just doing your job and interacting with them once or twice a week. And it amazes me how much kids just want someone to listen. And if you can do that, they just keep coming back and they expect you to listen to them. And that's the other thing that surprises me. Uh huh. So do you find some of them come back to you even though they don't have class with you anymore? I do. I do. Really awkward earlier this year because one of the kids was like in my room crying and I'm like, why are you here? (laughs) But let's let's see if we can talk you off the ledge. And of course, then afterwards I called you. (laughs) So you did. That was kind of a big one. Yeah, we did. We did kind of. But And then the other thing that surprises me is kids will ask you these really deep questions like out of the blue. And you're like, okay, I didn't know we were going to talk about that today, but I will give you an honest answer because you asked me an honest question. That's probably why they asked it of you. Yeah. Because they knew you'd listen and that you'd give them an honest answer. And they're 
it's such an age where we're trying to figure so much stuff out. And it feels like, well, I suppose kids have always had questions, but now I feel like they have more challenges because I feel like society throws at them more. Are you this? Are you that? Are you this? And makes them even more self-conscious, but that's my personal view. I feel like, yeah, yeah. Got enough to figure out. We don't need deadlines right. when we have to figure it out. Bye. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, anything else you'd like to share before we jump into art and prayer and the activities for today? I'm trying to think if there's any other context that I would want to share. I guess not. <laughs> okay. So how did you get into combining your art with your prayer? I think a lot of it, I'm going to blame on my family, <laughs> my mom and my dad were not born in a Christian household. They became followers of Jesus later on when they were like in their thirties. And my mom, her sister shared with her about how to accept Jesus into her heart and to choose to believe him as her savior and Lord when she was in middle school. But because she didn't come from a family that went to church, mm -hmm. she was kind of on her own. And when she went to college, she connected with Campus Crusade for Christ. And she was you know, like, God put your finger on you, right? And he's like, okay, you made that choice. I'm going to, I'm not letting you go, right? And so I really like that Bible verse. No one can take us out of his hand. And so she took it and she wanted to share about Jesus. And she shared with people in the way that she enjoyed, which was creating art. And so therefore it's no wonder that now she taught her kids to do the same thing. My sister and I were homeschooled K-12 and we spent a lot of time with mom and she shared with us a lot of stuff and we, um, we taught her a lot of stuff that we thought was interesting as well. So creating art as well as loving God is something that my parents coached me and then something that I chose when I was four years old. And at that time, uh, my mom was telling me, hey, we want you to know that God loves you. And would you like to accept him as your savior and your Lord? And I chose yes, which was an answer to prayer for both of my parents looking back because before they had children, they prayed that the children that they would have would know Jesus. And so they prefaced it with, we want our kids to know Jesus. So Lord, if we have kids, let them know Jesus. And then they lost a baby and they lost another baby and they lost another baby. And they're like, what have we done? <laughs> and so before I was born, they were trying to decide what do we want to name her? And they decided that my name would start with an A because I was going to be the firstborn. And then my dad found a Hebrew name that means God has promised. Amorous is Hebrew for God has promised. Then they had me and I was a preemie and I had to have surgery right away when I was born and all that good stuff, but God has promised and he answered their prayer. And they had prayed that their child would know God and know that God loves them. And they do. And so their whole prayer was answered, I guess. That's, and then did you go to school for art or to be an art teacher? I double majored in illustration and art education. And then I dropped the illustration major halfway through because to finish with an education degree, you have to take four and a half years. And I was tired of 
school, ironically, <laughs> for someone who's now a teacher. And I talked to my professor and shocker, you don't have to have a degree in illustration to be an illustrator. You can take a different route. And so I was like, well, if I don't have to have a full degree in fine arts, I will just go with the education major and pick up the illustration as a side job later on if I so desire. And then I went to um, Concordia University in Mackwan, which is a Lutheran school. It had a program for you to start working with inner city students while still going to college. So you were able to get your feet wet. And my parents also thought if you're going into an art major, we would rather have you go into it through a Christian college. Why do you think that was? Why is that important for them? Mostly the nude figure drawing, which if I went into the illustration major was a required class, but we would go off campus to take it in the wonderful little loop around that Mixer Society work because they had a co-op with Mayad, Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design. And that was the other selling point for Concordia is you could take the classes through Concordia, which gave you a cheaper tuition and still be able to participate in taking classes at the Milwaukee Art Institute. Very cool. There's always little workarounds, aren't there? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Things that we think are our block. Yeah. Maybe not so much. But yeah. And then how did you begin incorporating art and prayer? And like, why do you think there's value in that? Okay. Part of it is like, just, yeah, totally just copying mom because my mom would read through the Bible and then want to illustrate that. And she loved doing abstracts, mm -hmm. which you can um, go back and forth over the definition for an abstract, but she really liked taking Bible verses and being like, okay, how would I illustrate we should be sowers of men and, um, or, or how we're going to be the, the salt of the world. And then she would try to show that in a picture. So that probably influenced me. My other influencer, I guess, was, okay, I want to do these art projects. What am I going to do for the subject medium? Something that's really important to me is prayer and effective prayer. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why the aspect of prayer was intriguing to me out of all of the, of all the aspects. I don't know why that one connected with me. I was kind of was intrigued with the maybe magicalness of prayer. So when I'm praying, what's really happening? One of the verses I was mentioning to you earlier was like how when we worship God, God is there, like he's present. I was standing in church the other day and I'm like when you're praying like can you just picture like someone CGIing like armor raising up from the ground and just like forming onto your body as you're praying and all of Satan's attempts to get in are kind of being shoved back because you're just starting to glow. I'm visualizing that as I'm singing and thinking about those Bible verses. So you asked me the value of it or how I got into it. And I guess it's just uh, visual storytelling, whether that's metacognition. So for myself, thinking about my thinking. And then some of my artwork is to communicate with others that vision. Mm -hmm. But I guess that's how it's summarized. What got me into it, feeling like I wanted to make some art and probably deeper that 
contemplation of what is actually going on that we can't see or how do I actually analyze this so it makes sense. Yeah. So making it make sense and then letting the unseen be seen. Yeah, exactly. Because I was just going to add the other part of it is my love for graphic design, being able to take this stuff and communicate it with others and convince people of my ideas. Because I always think you're trying, you're trying to convince people of stuff no matter what you're doing. And you're trying to like graphic design or or advertisers, they're always trying to like convince you of something and kind of get you to believe what they believe, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you're doing when you were promoting the gospel. Like we're using the tools of advertising and marketing and communicating to in part convince people of our ideas Mm -hmm. because that's what communicating is expressing your ideas and trying to get the other person to connect with you yeah or at least understand yeah so do you have some examples of how people could try it out themselves pretty sure you don't have to be an amazing artist to pray with art right I have some drawings that I'll send you of fine art ones where you know you're going to sit there and stare at it for a couple hours but then I have these little ones I took some old envelopes and I just Uh cut up some little pieces of paper so that they would be fun and they would be motivating for me to write on and then I put them in my little container and I had my lid for it but during our house fire this I don't know if you can tell how dirty that is but it survived it just had a lot of stuff all on top of it and no coincidence uh, in thinking there yeah yeah my sister's prayer bucket survived as well it's kind of smushed but (laughs) she's like should I keep this and and they they actually quite they, they smell like smoke so I'm trying to just like go through and pray through them one more time and then I'm like okay these gotta be thrown thrown away But um, taking some little pieces of paper and then just doing like a little picture on it Uh and then just trying some different fonts like capitalizing and writing some in flowy letters and underlining and putting things sideways just so that it's something that you're going to want to come back and read again because and that's my advertising marketing coming back in okay like what's going to make me want to come back and read this again or look at this again or if I share this, what's going to make someone else want to join me in this prayer? That's such a good point there. We so often have somebody that an event or a situation or illness, something that we want to pray for, and we know we want to pray for it over and over, but to just look at it on a list, for some people that probably works great, but for others, we're like, it's just a boring list. I'm going to read the same words over and over. Like, what's the point of this? But to have it be something where there's like a will and a desire and an enticement yeah. to go back. So those are just a couple of the examples. And, then- and those are, those are pretty small so it feels very doable to write something in there and right and my mom she read up Bible verses on like three by five cards and then just put them in her back pocket so that she could like memorize them and read them over and stuff like that well I was like oh just some little prayers that are kind of fun to write and add to and at night to just go through them and pray for them is what I did for a while there it's nice to have something tangible too right right and so then I also have my little art journal here and some of it I like to just copy prayers from the internet and write those down but Uh switch out words and put other people's words in it and then some of them since we're talking about art like I'll do like a little uh, picture or diagram with Mm -hmm. it to kind of illustrate it because 
I was mentioning to you earlier that art is nice because it can communicate in more ways than just words. So by using art, we can start to communicate ideas that would take more space if we wrote them down. Sure. And yeah, so it gives a different visual. And then I did a couple maps of different locations that I just wanted to pray over. And so like even doing like a little blueprint, because if I can't be at that house and I want to pray for that house and I want to pray for my loved ones who live there, I can close my eyes and I can imagine I'm doing a prayer walk through their house. But I also was like, you know what? I'm going to just draw out a little blueprint and then I'm going to like, that's going to help me pretend to be walking through there. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Yeah. And how awesome for people who maybe couldn't go on a prayer walk, literally like can't walk through their neighborhood, they could get a map and they could draw out the path or they could draw the map of their neighborhood from what they remember. And then like I went and I looked up like different Bible verses. Okay, what what Bible verse has to do with the kitchen? What would you pray in a kitchen? Or what would you pray in like a living space or a bedroom or a bathroom? You know, like what's, oh, water. <laughs> you know what? There's lots of water in a bathroom. We can pray for them to be filled with living water. Yeah, and nice to connect it on all those levels. Yeah. Make it more meaningful and personal. And I know you said you had some photos you're going to email and we'll throw those into the write-up and the people who are watching this will get to see <laughs> the visuals pop up on the screen as we talk. And what has been your experience since you've began incorporating tangible things, little sketches. And I know you said you've done some more like fine art prayers as well. What has been your experience? Do you feel like you've changed or situations have changed or your idea of prayer has changed? I think one of the things that I've noticed is just how beautiful it is. But then in addition to that, it does challenge you to think through because for me, once I start thinking symbolically, I try to incorporate more and more symbolism. Like what color should the background be? You have this picture of a girl heroine clad in armor and she has a sword and there's this serpent curling around her. And as I'm drawing it, I was getting so frustrated with the angles of the drawing, but I was also thinking about how do you use color symbolically? And so I'm like, oh, the, the background we want to make black, but how do you show, where does the light come from? in a prayer where you're holding the, the sword of the spirit, mm. where would the, where would the light be coming from? And, and how do you show, is the light taking over the darkness or how far is the light taking over the darkness? Or if the, the background is black, is it a rough black? Is it a smoggy black? Is it like, what texture is that going to have? So you start thinking about one symbolism, okay, there's the person with the armor of God, but then how can you deepen it further? And so like when I was looking up the pictures that I did, I did three of them. I set of three of them on the armor of God just because I thought it was very intriguing to me. Yeah. And so I Googled armor of God. So let's look and see what other artists have done, what has worked for them. Let's just Google warrior princess and what do we like about those? What do I not like about those? And then as you're putting it together, what can you incorporate in there? It's really starting to see the complexity of an image. And then that like goes deeper in you. And the complexity of how is it all theologically working? Like, what does it really mean when we take the sword of the spirit? Or how do you show that light flowing through you? Like, what does it look like? So we're showing it in a picture that we can see. We've seen pictures of people killing things. <laughs> I don't know Absolutely. if we have seen and, and people killing things, but we've seen pictures. So we have this, this, this framework 
And then how does that relate to the fact that we're through praying or through sharing, how does that really look like? So like my mom was doing this picture of the salts of the world. And so she drew the salt shakers, right? For the salt. But then through the salt shaker, there was light beaming and the salt shaker became a prism. One of, you know, like one of those little triangle things when you yeah. hold it up and the light passes through it, it becomes on the other side, what? A rainbow, right? With all the different colors of the rainbow. And so when we're the salts of the world, so she had the salt shaker and I was like salting and, and you know, there's salt falling, but then there's this light going through it and becoming this rainbow. And then she took a paper cutout of little people, but they're all like in a chain. And so yeah. she put like one of those, you know, like, cause there's the people down there. We're kind of, we are kind of like puppets and we're kind of like replicas of other people, right? So then we're all down there in that little chain and then the, the salt's coming down and the light is coming through and it's passing through the salt and becoming the rainbow. And so the abstract ideas that are mentioned in the Bible and are explained to us in parables and how do we make those concrete? And one way maybe could be through showing it visually. And my parents, when I was growing up, they read Daniel and we would do it for devotions every morning. And our mom, she had this big poster board and she had to divide it up into all the days. And she would read us the story. And as she's reading us the story, we're illustrating what was happening on that day. So while we're building those memories, just like little kids do, they think through their arts, right? Mm -hmm. That they're communicating through their art and expressing ideas because they don't have that reliance on words yeah. that we do maybe. And I love that concept that you said, you're making the invisible visible. You're taking what you know, like salt. Okay, well, how in the world are we supposed to become salt? Because this is salt. <laughs> right. And then God kept opening your eyes, like it's the light, it's the prism. It's the, it just kept getting deeper and deeper. And he's like, this is what I mean when I say, I want you to be salt of the earth. This is how you could live it out. And it was through that. I'm going to guess that she enjoyed the drawing process and yeah. watching that develop just like you kind of, I think, enjoyed kind of problem solving a little bit. Like, how do we finish this piece of this is what it looks like to wear armor, but what does it really mean? The whole picture of it, not just putting on the armor, just carrying a sword. Like there's all these other complexities and we can enjoy that art process, whether it's a simple sketch or a really amazing gallery kind of piece of art it shows us how to walk it out in real life. Like it makes it real. It makes it tangible. And once it's in our brain visually, that, that's a different place in your brain than our words go. And then we can live it out and can think about it differently. I was telling the kids that when they studied Albert Einstein's brain, his place where the two halves of his brain interconnect was twice as thick from all the connection between the right and left hemisphere. And our right hemisphere is typically associated with our creativity and music and left with mathematics and sciences, though it doesn't exactly fall into those neat little categories. Like I tell the kids, it's, it's in, more interconnected than that. But like you said, it's starting to activate more parts of your brain. And when you activate more parts of your brain, you remember things longer because you're analyzing them in a different way and developing the whole thought. I always thought studying the brain was interesting. So I took several classes and it was terribly interesting. That's good. 
That's I did not know his uh the connection point was twice as thick for him. That's very cool. He was using the whole brain a lot. Yeah. And that's great. We can use our whole brain by engaging our creativity, which God gave us in prayer. For me, I struggle with prayer time. So to involve my art in it makes me want to go and pray more. And then I love your little prayer bucket. That's a great idea. Any other suggestions for those who might be listening of how to engage their art in their spirituality or in their prayer time? Well, I think what motivated me to do more praying and stuff like that is I got desperate for God to answer me on some of my prayer requests. And I'm like, if you don't intervene here, it's not going to happen. What I want to happen isn't going to happen. And some of the things that I want aren't altruistic because some of the stuff I want for myself, but then some of the stuff, if so-and-so doesn't know this, it's going to go majorly bad for them. And when you're thinking this needs to happen, or like, I can care so much about this, then for me, it was like, what do I care more about this or watching a movie? Or what do I care more about this? Or, and then you can't just, well, okay, maybe some people can like, just sit there and be like, I'm going to pray. But (laughs) like, I'm not that great about like sitting still. So being able to combine it with things that I love to do, that's going to motivate me even more because then it's not going to be drudgery knowing that this has to happen. This has to happen. And while God will work it out, I believe that we have an important part to play in abiding with him, which I'm not great at and letting him pray through us. And you're like, okay, how do I maximize my talents and my abilities to see this develop then it's like oh okay so I like doing art or I find art relaxing or art's fun if you can leverage art because of those reasons because you like it because it's fun because it's beautiful because it helps you learn if you can combine that to maximize your time by learning the content that you really need to know like that seems like a bigger bang for your buck. You can maximize your harvest a little bit more if you can combine it with things that you like. That's awesome. Combine it with what you like and it'll be way more enjoyable. You'll learn it better. Be and easier course, to prioritize. Like I said, as the art teacher, I have to be like, art helps you think. And yeah. while I believe that's the case based on my studies, that it allows you to understand things in a process that just talking or just thinking or just singing or just doesn't, then that's the other reason to motivate you to either use art because you enjoy it or to explore it because it will help you think about things differently. We definitely explore things differently visually than we do verbally. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's lovely talking to you. Yes, most welcome. (laughs) 